In order to retire successfully, you'll need vision. You'll also need a plan to execute that vision. Welcome to Retirement Pathfinder with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. On today's show, we'll give you the tools you need to navigate unique challenges you'll face in retirement. It's time to chart your financial future. Retirement Pathfinder starts now. Well, we're glad to have you back on the Retirement Pathfinder with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky of uh, Pathfinder Wealth Management. And today we're getting back into the coronavirus a little bit. We've hit on it some in some previous episodes, but it's still front and center of everybody's mind right now. So we want to continue discussing that a little bit, get an update from both uh, Barbara and Phil on what's going on right now, but also how are they handling things with people that already have a plan in place? What adjustments can you be making right now? I think everybody's examining their financial plan and trying to decide what to do next to uh, A, to avoid you know, another crash and, and being ahead of it next time, but also take advantage maybe of what's uh, what's going on right now. So that'll be our main focus today. And we'll also hop into the mailbag. We got a number of questions, some great questions that have come in to pathfinderwealth.com that we want to touch on today. So let me welcome in both Barbara and Phil right now. How are you? Great. Just, just fine, Ben. <laughs> kind of quiet around here right now. Yes, it, it is very quiet. It's, it's kind of funny because if I'm out early, even on the weekends, the, the, the streets are pretty desolate. I can imagine. How are, how are you getting used to life, I guess, at home primarily? Well, you know, it, I was going to say that, uh, you know, my, my biggest challenge during this time, Ben, is uh, where can I get a haircut? Um, <laughs> you know, in fact, uh, you know, I'm so shaggy today. I was downtown the other day and, and uh, I was so shaggy looking at a, a homeless guy basically offered me his cart. Did <laughs> so, so, so. you know that I just read, though, that they're talking, and this could just be hearsay, that they're talking of opening up hair salons kind of like they are with the grocery stores, just, you know, one appointment at a time. So maybe there's luck for you, Phil. Well, I hope so. Yeah. We got to do something quick. Yeah. I, now, and I hope they start making adjustments like that to let businesses kind of open up, but take precautions, you know, as well so that people can uh, protect themselves, but give the opportunity to the businesses to make some money. I think that's what everybody is hoping for, but hopefully we're getting back that direction uh, here soon enough. But I wanted to talk to you all about the coronavirus a little bit. I know we, we touched on it a little bit before, but just want to kind of update things and kind of get your perspective on what's happening right now and kind of what we've seen over the last few weeks. I know we talked in uh, March, mid March uh, last and, and, you know, things were early on and we were just kind of learning about it and we were seeing a lot of the reaction though. There's, I mean, it was a quick, quick reaction to everything, but kind of update us on where we are now with the market and kind of what you've seen. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, and address that, Ben, because uh, yeah, there has been a lot of things, have been a lot of things that have transpired uh, and at the risk of offending people and, and giving them yet another explanation leading to what we call virus fatigue. I'll give you kind of a macro view of what uh, what we've observed from two perspectives. And the first is uh, the impact of, of what the government actions have been upon the psyche of the American public. And the second has been the effect upon the economy. And, and the positive news we are bringing, uh, beginning to hear is that, um, that all the, uh, the predicted death numbers based upon the accepted models put out by the uh, CDC have been scaled way back. And that's very positive to hear. Uh, several weeks ago, you know, we were being told that if nothing was being done to fight this pandemic, uh, millions in the United States would die, you know, and that was coming from our government. But every few days, you know, they would come out with new revised uh, reports. And uh, I guess the last count, Barb, that we had heard yesterday was that predicted by August that they should have 60,000 deaths in, in this country resulting from uh, COVID-19. You know, now, <laughs> One of the things we, we look at is when we see that, and if they're speculating, it sounds almost like uh, what transpires during a normal flu season. 
you know, so my, my cynical side kicked in and I'm saying, well, who, you know, who are these guys that have, who've created these models that never work? Okay. And was it done intentionally to make the government overreact and literally destroy uh, our economy within a three week period of time? I mean, you know, that's, that's the big question now. Now, people that have said that to the officials, the officials push back and say, well, if we didn't take these extreme measures, such as closing public places, businesses, sounding the alarm of the problems in the medical community, it would have been much, much higher than what we're seeing right now. Well, oh, really? You know, how do we know that to be true? So here's the other, the second aspect of, of this is, is really more positive and more optimistic that, you know, that our government is trying to correct the damage it's done by creating three to four relief acts and making money available to individuals and businesses. So by now, I'm sure there's a number of our listeners that have gotten checks in the mail uh, due to the, what we call the CARE Act, and that stands for Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, CARE Act. And here are some of the actions that were taken in that particular program. Uh, number one, unemployment insurance benefits have been increased to $600 per week and extended for four months. So that's very positive. Another one is uh, your 2019 tax return filing date has been extended to July, which means that those who have underpaid won't be asked to pony up the extra money during this uh, sensitive period of time when, when their funds may be uh, dwindling and resources uh, not available. A third one is anyone having uh, to take your RMD, that's required minimum distribution uh, this year, won't have to. And that would be somebody who has an IRA or a 401k plan or an inherited IRA. If you're seven and a half, you have to take an RMD. That's been put off. Uh, there's no required minimum distribution this year at all. And so as a result, you know, we're telling our clients, well, take the money that you would have taken out as your RMD. If you don't need that money, do that. Use that as a Roth conversion. Use it as free money. I mean, it's going to be free money into your Roth conversion account as time goes on. Uh, you'll have to pay the taxes, of course, but that money will build up tax-free. Here's a, a fourth item. The Paycheck Protection Program, Paytech, Paycheck Protection Program. That's a say tough that one again. to say. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's really meant to help smaller companies by offering them loans to cover payroll expenses from February 15th to June 30th. And 75% of that, that money, Barb, is supposed to be used for payroll. The other 25% is to use for overhead. And so one of the things we realize is that if and they do say that if, if you use that for its intended purposes, it becomes a grant. It doesn't have to be paid back. Another advantage to this particular care program is the recovery rebate, whereby individuals as a filing, uh, a taxpayer filing individually will receive $1,200 or a joint tax filer will get $2,400 plus $500 per child. And of course, all this is based upon income. You know, higher earners will get a tax credit rather than get a check in the mail, they'll get a tax credit for the 2020 return rather than the check. So this plus probably a dozen other very complicated provisions in this very complex plan uh, is designed to help to spur on the economy and to help solve some of the problem that the government themselves created by all their uh, very, very extreme measures. So what are, what are the pros and cons of this CARE Act? Well, as they say, I have good news and I have bad news, okay? First, the good news, the government, which is the Fed, has gone into what we call a loose money cycle designed to ease the impact upon the problem that they created. So they learned what uh, tight money policy did, especially during the 1930s. You remember the, the Great Depression, Barb? What happened is that the government went into a tight money position where they didn't make available cheap money 
make it available to businesses so they could borrow their way out of that particular depression. And the depression went on for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Well, the government has now learned that they've got to make money available to the people. They've got to put money in the pockets of people unemployed and to business owners and so forth. Now the bad news, you know, all these giveaways and all the pork that's built into these programs will drive the federal deficit up by four to six trillion dollars. And as we always say around here, they ain't no free lunch in life, okay? Uh, either you're going to have to pay it now or you're going to pay it later. So unfortunately, there is no end in sight for solving the bloat of the government at this particular time. Yeah, I do like the idea, too, of the Roth conversion. So if you were oh, 70 and a half and taking distributions, or if you mm -hmm. turn 72 this year to start distributions, you aren't required to this year. And you could uh, turn that into a Roth IRA um, or add to your Roth IRA. I think that's a great opportunity. You know, if we get back, though, Phil, to the very start of all this stuff, you have to say, okay, why? You know, why Why did the stock market have to drop to begin with? I mean, what does right, that ha right. this have to do with an illness? And, mm -hmm. you know, it's the institutionalized investors that are driving this, of course, and we have some small investors, but it's because of uncertainty. So, you know, we, uh, but if you look at some of the indicators, like the Dow, Mm -hmm. If we just use one index, Dow's high was about twenty nine thousand, and it got down to the low when this uh wait you know a couple weeks back to about nineteen thousand. So yesterday it's about twenty three thousand and some change, which means it's given back about half. So, yeah, it's so, it's actually up twenty six percent, and uh, the S and P is up twenty two percent, and the uh, the Nasdaq is up twenty four percent from the low. Can you believe yep, that? Yep. See, that's what some that's what people need to know. Yeah, that was it? March twenty third, the low. I mean, it is, it, you know, so will the, will the, the volatility continue? I, oh, I yeah. think it's going I think to. It I mean, it was down yesterday, today. I mean, that, you know, this kind of stuff is going to go back and forth, I think, for a while until, you know, there's some end in sight for a, an answer to all this. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting that, you know, a lot of people that pulled out of the market or they're waiting to invest the money. And they've asked me at times, I don't know if they've asked you, Barb, but, you know, when should I reinvest the money? What is the market low, in other words? Well, it looks like possibly we've had the market low already and they've missed that opportunity. We don't know. It's impossible to to try to try to predict these things. So our advice is always Get what in. it has been. You know, once you're in, you know, don't panic, don't sell, and, and don't try to time it and get out of the market. You know, I just wanted to address real quickly, too, for our clients that do work with us and have a plan, or if you're a listener and you think you already have a solid plan in yep, place, yep. you know, what kind of adjustments should you be looking at right now? Well, first of all, we understand looking for quick fixes and answers during these times because there's a lot of anxiety. But we're keeping with the allocations that were set at the outset of our clients' plans, and we'll rebalance to those allocations accordingly. So this is all figured into your portfolio's volatility. We just don't know when these times will show up. Now, granted, as fast as this ha the markets drop this time, they're outside of those parameters without getting into a lot of statistics right now. But that's why we diversify amongst all asset classes, which is the best place to be, quite frankly, during these times. Well diversified. So you own the entire market with your asset class exposure. And so just stay the course. But natural instinct says that we all need to do something, but now's not the time to completely overhaul a portfolio. Now is the time to be patient and just and stay tuned to our emails. We're sending out emails to our clients and look for good news. Yeah, yeah. There's that's good true. news. Yeah, but the only thing I would probably recommend, Barb, uh, along with what you're advising here, is that some of the clients that basically are really taking large amounts as uh, ongoing distributions from their plans take a very close look at it because, of course, the values have dropped down. So instead of taking, let's say, the equivalent of 4 or 5% out, they might be taking 6 or 7 or 8% out, which is really too much pressure on the portfolio. They may want to think about cutting back on the amount they're taking out or even 
halting those distributions if they can for a period of time and wait for the market to recover and their accounts to go back up in value. Yeah, I agree with that. doesn't mean you don't have a successful plan, but right. when times like this happen, you know, we all need to make adjustments. Yeah, little, little tweaks along the way, basically. Yeah, I think one of the toughest parts about what we're dealing with right now, at least from my perspective, is things are just changing so quickly. Um, you know, you, you think you've got something figured out one day and the next day it's completely different. And in case in point, I don't know if you've seen this yet, because it's kind of uh, just now coming out and going back to your, your talk about the CARES Act, uh, Phil, but the payment protection program is apparently out of money already for small businesses and they, they can no longer fund. So, you know, hopefully they'll, mm. they'll add mm-hmm. money to that fund. But as this, at this point, I mean, if you weren't quick to act, you know, you might've well, missed an opportunity. Well, it sure. might've been just a day's difference between people that got the money and people that didn't. Sure. It's really interesting. Yes. Yeah. So some to track and, and that's why, you know, it's important to stay in touch with your advisor during this time to, to find out what you can be doing, what you need to be doing and what changes are being made because they're coming down all the time. But uh, a lot of great information. And I think we'll have another update on our next podcast as well. And just kind of continue to to kind of touch on what we're seeing a little bit and getting your perspective on things. And maybe uh, next episode too, we can we can go a little bit further and talk about what people can be doing that maybe they don't have a financial plan right now uh, to, to really kind of get back on track and get things in order. But I want to uh, shift now to the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right. We got a few questions today to get to, and uh, let's jump in with uh, Joel to start things off. I'm tired of having five rental properties, so I'm going to sell at least three and, and maybe all five. I'll miss the income, but I will not miss the headache. I have quite a bit of equity in these properties. So the question is, how should I invest this money after I sell? Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, you know, I I can certainly identify with Joel about the headaches of real estate investing because, you know, I've done it over the years. It seems like one day you're eating chicken bones, the next day you're eating steak bones, you know, so <laughs> you're from uh, feast to famine kind of depending on the economy and your, your tenants and that type of thing. But so as we've uh, been, as we've said in previous podcasts, there is no single pat answer as to where to invest the money. But what we do offer here are questions, lots of personal questions. I mean, we really get personal here. We'll ask you, how old are you? Are you married? What is your income? How about the only thing that we don't ask is about your religion, your political party, and your sexual orientation. You know? um, so here, here's the best advice I would have for Joel. Sit down with a financial advisor, and if they don't spend at least an hour doing nothing but asking you questions, move on to the next advisor. Why? Well, we're like, we're like a doctor. I mean, in order for the doctor to give a, di- a good diagnosis, he's got to ask lots of questions. And so, you know, we want to give you the correct diagnosis, Joel. Uh, Any other method that they're using, I would say that they're probably producing a product or promoting a product or uh, they're trying to peddle something to you. So spend a lot of time. If they start talking about themselves or talking about their products, move on. Well, this sounds kind of like a cliche too, Phil, when we've said, well, the greatest, we believe that uh, the greatest wealth creation tool known to mankind is the stock market. Absolutely. And and we still believe that. Mm -hmm. So um, it's one of the best buying opportunities even right now that we may see in our lifetime. Um, You're buying right now at the lowest of lows. It's come up some, but you're still buying low. And then you get to ride those prices all the way back up, including reaching new highs, because that's how the stock market Mm -hmm. works. Significant drops mean new highs. But if a person wants exposure to real estate, there's always REITs. And just be careful when you're purchasing shares and, and with publicly traded REITs, you have a much better chance of selling them since they're offered on major stock exchanges. They're more liquid than private. 
And you don't have to be a landlord with all the headaches and still have exposure to real estate. Absolutely. Yeah. Great question, Joel. Uh, thank you for that. Our next question comes in from Rick, who writes, I retired two years ago with more than a million dollars in my IRA, which I thought at the time would be more than enough to give me the retirement lifestyle that I want. I'll probably be fine, but it makes me nervous every time I withdraw from that account because I don't want to live too long and run out of money. And the recent downturn makes it worse. Am I worrying too much? Mm. I'll take that one. Well, Rick, mm. um, let me help you with your fears. And if you're feeling nervous, that there's a, then there's a reason for that on top of stock market downturns, of course. But not knowing what your annual expenses are or your age, marital status, et cetera, let's just address what we know. For some, a million dollars is plenty of money. For others, it is not. So when you say it makes you nervous, you may not have enough money. Are you nervous due to recent stock market downturns due to the coronavirus? And that's understandable. You also mentioned you don't want to outlive your money. Well, of course you don't. And I don't blame you. Let me just address the purpose of having a retirement plan in place. That means an actual plan. It sounds like you may not have an actual plan. And sometimes when people retire, they assume they can just withdraw from their retirement accounts on an as-needed basis and be okay. There's a danger in that. And the danger is not knowing how long you're going to live. If we all knew how long we'd live, it would be a different story. So our process at Pathfinder is to have a conversation, like Phil had mentioned, have a conversation about your needs in retirement and developing a plan. And some of the things that are needed for that conversation are your retirement account totals. If you have a pension or social security, your expenses are going to be the driving force of your plan. Are you married? Do you want to leave anything for your kids, your health, your spouse's health? And then we look at all of the knowns like inflation and what taxes are today and a risk to return ratio. And then we design a plan for success. Plan for success means not running out of money. So with all that said, you need a, I think if you, need a, you had a plan in place that would give you peace of mind, because during the accumulation phase, during working years, it's completely different. You know, you set that money aside, you can't access it before 59 and a half anyway, but the decumulation phase is mm -hmm. in retirement, mm -hmm. you need professional guidance. And getting through market downturns is expected. It's figured into the plan, but it's expected. But give us a call at 815-399-9806. We'd be glad to sit down with you for an hour. Yeah, I, I want to add to that, Barb, that, uh, you know, people need to understand post-retirement what their worst case scenario would be because, you know, the biggest fear is that people will run out of money before they run out of time. Mm -hmm. Well, we have to know what that number looks like and when that could occur. And so we do what they call probability studies here at Pathfinder to help them understand, you know, okay, this is a worst case scenario. Here's your best case scenario. You're probably somewhere in the middle. You've got to know your numbers. It's a different world now. Um, you've got to understand that you have to be allocated properly and You've got to understand in worst case situation, here's what would happen to you and find out if that's the right number of dollars to take from your account. Yeah, because there is a certain percentage that is allowed. I don't think I've sat down with too many people that can take unlimited income for the rest of their life. It just doesn't no, work that no. way. So you really are allowed only a certain percentage. And there's, there's you know, things that happen. You have emergencies. Can you take more? Do you want to go on vacation? Of course. You know, but there's only a certain percentage that you're allowed each year to have your uh, plan continue to be successful through the end of life. So if you're just accessing that as needed, you don't know really what that is, what that number is. And that's where the danger lies with just doing it as needed. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Uh, thank you for that question, Rick. He, he sent that in through pathfinderwealth.com. You can do that as well. Our next question comes from Michael. I've heard that I should be saving 10% of my income toward retirement. Does that sound accurate? I'm in my 50s, so I need to make sure I'm doing this right. 
Well, Michael, here's here's a good news and a bad news situation for you. And, and I would ask Michael, well, which one do you want? <laughs> Most people say, well, I want the bad news first, okay? Well, if he's in his 50s, if Michael's in his 50s and he's just now asking about how much should he put away, 10%, is that adequate? I almost want to ask him, with all due respect to Michael, buddy, where have you been? Okay. <laughs> now I'm going to be, I'm going to be respectful. I won't ask that question. Uh, but I will say that, you know, Michael, if you haven't began to, uh, to save money by this time, you've really lost the advantage of time. It's time can be on your side. If you start early enough, uh, a lot of people start in their, in their fifties, some in their sixties and, uh, you know, they've lost the advantage of, of the compound interest that occurs during the time. So he may have a lot of ground to make up for sure. Now, now here's the good news. We can help Michael. All he has to do is, is call us and we'll help uncover some of these particular possible savings opportunities through our, what we call our probe deep and get personal interview process. That's <laughs> it's true. kind of a, it's a term I just coined, Bob. Or, you know, <laughs> I yeah, was going to say, I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Probe deep and get personal <laughs> interview process. And, and we do, we need to get, you know, really kind of face to face with people and understand what they have, where they are and where they're going to go with it. You know, the thing I thought of, though, too, Phil, when he called in with that question is the that he could have money saved and that he's just trying to figure sure. out yeah. what does he actually have to have? Because, Michael, the general rule of thumb is 10 percent. But, you know, I would say if you have a retirement account at work, max that out. And certainly, like Bill said, the first question is, how much have you saved? No matter how much you save, save more. I don't think I've ever ran across anybody that says, gosh, I think I might have saved too much for retirement. Yeah, I've got too much money. Yeah. <laughs> So right now you have earned income and someday you won't. You can never save too much money. Continue to save, 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 save up to the maximum in your 401k plan. And then you can save outside of that also. Thank you, Michael, for that. Uh, we got time for one more. So let's take it from Oscar. My financial advisor is older than me. Should I move on to someone else who won't retire before I do? Yeah, I'll answer that one quickly. If it's That's a good question. And if you believe in your financial advisor and the advice that you're getting, then ask that person if the firm has a succession plan. If they do, and hopefully they do, then you should still be in good hands once you know what that is. So our firm, Pathfinder Wealth Management, has a succession plan in place. The president, Philip, Bill's son, was with the firm for over 10 years before becoming president here. But uh, that place, that was put into place, what, several years ago, Phil? Yeah, five years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we, with that said, you want to know what that looks like um, since you're investing your life savings. You need to know that. Well, thank you for all your questions today. We appreciate them all. You can always get in touch with Barbara and Phil at Pathfinder Wealth Management. You can do so online at pathfinderwealth.com. You can also call the office 815-399-9806. I know there may be some people wondering, are you guys at the office? Are you answering the phone still with everybody at home? But I'm, I'm assuming you guys still are, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. 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 We're here every day. Oh, there you go. Business as usual for Barbara and Phil. So uh, some good conversations today, and I appreciate the thoughts on the coronavirus. I know it's on everybody's mind right now, but we just hope everybody stays safe and uh, takes advantage maybe of this opportunity to kind of reevaluate things. Stay safe. In order to retire successfully, you'll need vision. You'll also need a plan to execute that vision. Welcome to Retirement Pathfinder with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky.